and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hi, everybody. I'm Chad Bokelman. I'm Mark Marble. And this is the Lantern Cast. 453, I think. That's right. Yeah, lots of... We're talking about the uh, the, the wrap-up to Infinite Frontier. I didn't say woohoo. <laughs> Where'd you go? <laughs> uh, You're leaving me. Well, no, I, 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 I said something under my breath, but I guess I said it so so under my breath you didn't hear me. I said I didn't say woohoo this time. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll keep, well, we'll keep all this in then because yes, I should, I should be a proud supporter of your non woohooing. <laughs> uh, before we get into it, because we were, we'll be talking about Infinite Frontier number four, five, and six. Uh, no feedback from people today. I gave everybody over on Twitter an opportunity to give us some feedback for their thoughts on Infinite Frontier, but nobody took me up on it, so. That's not to scold anybody. Well, maybe it is. Who knows? Uh, but the feedback we do have, we're actually going to save until Dan is here uh, the next time we talk about the next issue of Green Lantern, because all three of them directly reference him or ask questions of that series. So uh, predominantly, predominantly, predominantly. Yes. Uh, so I before we get started, I just wanted to kick this off uh, with with what I'm seeing here. So my one I, first of all, I got paid. Uh, so I went in over and I. Placed my pre-orders for um, the DC Imperial John Stewart Funko Pop and the Glow in the Dark and regular White Lantern Wonder Woman Funko Pop. Uh, and while I was over, because I got I got the Imperial one over on Big Bad Toy Store, which it says it's not. I, I, someone posted on Twitter. One of our listeners posted he already got his, but I don't know if he, if he actually got it from. I don't think he got it from Big Bad Toy Store. But Big Bad Toy Store is telling me mine's not supposed to be here to like. Sometime next month? I don't know. Maybe they're waiting for stock and they get some of their stock later. I don't, I don't know how it works over there. I don't think that's that. I mean, it's weird somebody has gotten theirs, but I, I thought there was someplace else. I don't know if it was Entertain, Entertainment Earth or some other place. Or maybe it was Hot, maybe it was Hot Topic if they, if they sell that one, too. Someplace I saw, I think, was was giving dates like around October 12th, October 14th. So so a big, a big bad gave generic because they tend to give generic time frames. That wouldn't be that surprising. Yeah. Well, I also, when I pre-ordered it or, or ordered it over on Big Bad, I also ordered um, there. Everybody sold out of the Green Lantern soda pop, so I can't get that. But uh, they do have a another soda that they announced, an underdog soda, which I really love underdog. It's a big part of my childhood. It's probably my number three cartoon from my childhood. And I really like it because not only does it look like underdog because of the style of the sodas, but also the chase is like a completely different one. So like with the Green Lantern one, you have Green Lantern and then you have White Lantern. Uh, Hal, same pop, same everything. With the underdog one, it's interesting because you have underdog as the main one and the chase is shoeshine. 
<laughs> so, so, so you didn't order the Green Lantern one anywhere? Uh, well, so when it when it came out to be pre-ordered, I didn't ha- I didn't have the the finances to 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 justify it. So I was waiting until I got paid. And then they sold out by the time you got paid. Yes. Well, pre-ordered, well, I, I, pre-sold I, I, out. Yeah. I did order two, so you might be okay. <laughs> well, I mean, quote unquote, okay. It depends on if you get you get duplicates. <laughs> that is that that in theory that is correct. If by some luck of the draw, I happen to get a regular and the White Lantern run, then it, then it could be dicey. But <laughs> I would fine. I would probably just keep the White Lantern one then. Well, I mean, see, I want both. So, at, at, but, you know, you know, I'm part of that Funko group for Austin. I'll I'll find it in some way, shape or form, uh, one way or another. But anyways, uh, my Black Lantern Wonder Woman from Entertainment Earth is on the way to me. It should be here by the 5th, according to this. And my Amazon Wonder Woman is, oh, it's here. Okay, I got to go down. After we get done recording, I got to go down to my mailbox. Uh, the, uh, you can Black put us on pulled if you want to run and go, go get it <laughs> no, now, Chad. It's no, okay. I'm good. Uh, so I got to go down to the mailbox and pick that up because the Black Lantern Wonder Woman Amazon exclusive in the dark is here. But while I was over there, I was double checking. You know, when you log into Amazon and something like gets delayed, it's like, hey, you there's some approval changes or whatever thing you need to you need to do. I pre-ordered this thing. What is this? May 27th? Is that what that says? May 27th. And it said, we will email when you, it now says we'll email you when we have an estimated delivery date. Earlier today, when I, when I initially approved the, the delay or whatever, it said like October 27th. This Jessica Cruz pop is just getting pushed back and back and back. I thought that's weird. Well, I mean, it's Dia de los. So like, as long as I get, as long as it gets here before Halloween, but I'm seeing a lot of the Dia de los stuff just out in the wild already. Not necessarily Jessica. No, but. I know. It's but but we do know it's not surprising to have pops and stuff pushed back. So it's not mm-hmm. it it's probably more the rarity when something gives you a especially you look at Big Bad as an example. Some if they tell you it's supposed to be the second quarter and it actually comes out in the second quarter, or heaven forbid if they actually tell you, oh, we're supposed to ship in May. And it actually ships in May without being pushed back like two times into, you know, into June and into July before that. I it, it's it's a it's a it's a miracle. So uh, to me, I, it's always with a it's always with a grain of salt like that Marvin the Martian one that we talked about last week that I canceled. That one was, I think, supposed to ship in I think it was supposed to ship in May. And here we are, you know, like a day away from October. And the reality is that's why one of the reasons I canceled is it. like. It's like three or four, three or four months past, not the t- time I ordered it, past the time, you know, way past that when it was supposed to ship. So it's like, yeah, I'll pass. Yeah, I, I sent I sent the uh, Mark a photo today and I posted this the same photo over on Twitter. I just yeah, I, and, and you, you can say you retort or whatever. I just think it's cool. We have this many lantern things. I mean, I know it's all pops and nobody really cares about pops unless you're a pop collector. But just lantern stuff in general. It's exciting to see some merchandise to choose from. Because realistically speaking, even if you know there's a regular version and a glow variant, counting out that's that's six brand new lantern things, and that's all just pops. And then we include the soda and some other like the uh, Dawnbreaker and Hal Jordan multiverse two pack that just came out. You know things like we're we're starting to get lantern merchandise back in the world. Yeah, I think it's. I mean, we are we are getting a decent amount of Green Lantern stuff. Yeah, a lot of it is Wonder Woman oriented, which is probably the main reason they're making them. But still, there's not all Wonder Woman. And at least we're getting multi 
we're getting multicolored lanterns and not all the multicolored lanterns we're going to be getting, hopefully, based on what they keep telling us, are going to be, you know, Wonder Woman. We're still supposed to get Atrocitus. And yeah, Atrocitus is, I think, is the only one that's been named, right? I think so. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you, you made the Wonder Woman point. There's also the variant point, like, why didn't we just get Jessica? Why did we have to get the Dia de los Jessica? Why didn't why didn't we get a just a regular John Stewart? Why did we have to get the Imperial version? Um, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, a lot of people were really upset that we got White Lantern Sinestro, and we still have yet in the entirety of Funko's line to get a regular Yellow Lantern Sinestro, which is interesting because they have done Yellow Lantern Sinestro in like other stuff that Funko makes, not just right. not pops. Yeah, like the Mezco um, things and. Yeah, exactly. So like. It's it's just the the variants they're choosing are very weird. But like I said to some of the same people who were you know complaining about it, and I, I don't want to say complaining either because that just sounds so negative. But like at this point, I'm just like you know what? I'm just gonna buy it all up. I was going to anyways, and hope that my voting with my dollars keeps the line going long enough to where the HBO Max series hits. And then that will have its own popularity. And then we can get some more pops out of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just let's keep the train of Green Lantern merchandise or just Lantern merchandise from Funko rolling <laughs> as far as we can to that goalpost of HBO Max, because we know there's going there's got to be at least one or two HBO Max Lantern pump Funko pops. You'd like to think so. Yes. And again, with the Sinestro, with the Sinestro pop, at least if you were going to do another color Sinestro. I'd actually would rather see the white before green. I know some people might want the green, but the white was pretty iconic when it happened. And, I mean, they've done they've done the green. Well, I know, but I'm just saying. I mean, if you yeah. had to have another color besides, you think a yellow, but if there was another color you'd want, the white would be the one. So to, I don't think I don't think that's as crazy a color to go with as opposed to you know it's like it's like if they were doing. And they were doing like a whole bunch of howls and they never gave you a green howl, but they gave you all the other colors. He, he's been or the splits. And it's like, OK, so I, I, I get it. I, that, I mean, the Sinestro pop is really cool. I really like that. I, I like that one much more than Black Hand. I haven't opened either at the moment, but I but I do. I yeah. the sword is the sword is a nice, nice touch. Yeah. And that's 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 yeah, I do like that one. Uh, the uh, by the way, the Green Lantern Sinestro goes for a ton. Um, and that it's from the Green Lantern movie, but there was also a um, a like a metallic Comic Con exclusive variant that's like only 450 of them were made, sort of a thing. Honestly, I, yes, I, I, as much as I'd like to see Yellow Lantern Sinestro, I think I'd also be excited by like a classic costume Sinestro. Mm. Maybe it might, it might work okay in Funko form. Yeah, that costume. I mean, to be honest, they've made the costume a little cooler, or but maybe it's just a way Sinestro. I think the real key is to, honestly backtracking. The way Sinestro's drawn is better. So he looks less goofy in that costume with that, you know, with the super out of proportion head and that clown, almost like that clown jester collar on his uniform that that yeah. always was a weird look, but it's because of the way he's been drawn. I think when we see him in that standard Sinestro gear, it's not as jarring, I think, as it used to be, but after all those years of him being in the yellow, in, in the yellow uniform, it's weird seeing him wear anything but the Sinestro Corps uniform. No, I'm with you. All right. Uh, let's jump into it. We got uh, three issues to talk about tonight, and I guess I'm kicking things off with number four, huh? Yeah. All right. So Infinite Frontier, numero four. Uh, let's see. 
and yay, digital's just paging through. Uh, you know what? I don't want to waste any time, so I'm just going to straight. Are we going to recap, 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 review, review, and or do it issue by issue? Uh, I kind of assumed we re- we talk about all of it at once, but I don't. But if you prefer to talk about each issue, I also don't. Have a, I don't really have a problem with it one way or the other. It's it's okay. Yeah, let's do that. Which one? Talk about each issue on its own. Yeah. Okay. All right. Just so we don't miss anything that we want to expand on if we want to expand on anything. All right. So we open up with Captain Carrot talking to Machine Head. Um, he's saying, you know, after all this stuff with the the Batman uh, from Earth Zero is over, I'm going to go back home and settle down and blah, blah, blah. He says, um, uh, the crashed multiverse ship parts are in your lab, Machine Head. And he says, um, I'm going to go down and check it out. They ask where Super President Superman and... Uh, Thomas are they're over in the White House where President Ellis has apparently been gone for a uh, about 24 hours and everybody was getting worried. Uh, but they go into the Oval Office. The aide uh, Courtney is dismissed after she updates him, and he says uh, he speaks with Kellex uh, from the Oval Office after she leaves and says home away from home. Uh, and then either they're transported or hollow stuff comes up. I don't know what the hell happens. But um, the Oval Office becomes like a miniature fortress of solitude. And uh, he uh, and Kellex start going over some footage of uh, Lex Luthor from President Superman's Earth and their interactions in the past. Because uh, basically Lex was developing a way to travel to other worlds in the multiverse, a transmatter symphonic array, but never finished it. They narrow down the possible locations of this thing down to uh, 10. President Ellis then just quick super speeds away and says, actually, make that one location. Uh, he warns Thomas that they might be walking into a trap. They go and find the headquarters of where uh, Lex is, which looks like the Legion of Doom's headquarters just on the ground. Uh, and uh, after they uh, work their way past some robotic sentries, they uh, open the vault where Luther is and starts uh, confronting him. But They turn him around in the chair and he's got a hole in his chest and he's been dead for about a day or two. The schematics for the ship are there uh, and Thomas says someone killed him for it. Meanwhile, over on Earth Zero, Cameron is speaking with Bones about everything that's been going on. Uh, Cameron was not destroyed by um, Captain Adam from another universe going uh, crazy nuclear uh, because Extract popped in and saved her right before the blast or slash during the blast. They walk into a big uh, room together where we see Obsidian and Alan Scott strung up asking about uh, Jade, uh, but they're just going to load them onto the carrier arc, which they do. Uh, They're talking about how uh, uh, Hammond ship should be already on location. Uh, Last word was that he actually got his hands on Roy Harper. And uh, see, Bone says uh, another reason everybody needs to hurry. Cameron asks where they're going. Bone says classified. He says, Chase, you got to understand our world is constantly under attack. Often it's from here, but the other, the most dangerous have been from outside. We can't take another time space event and the heroes are doing nothing to cut it off at the past. So I bit the bullet and made a deal. One that will keep our world protected from the rest of the multiverse. And once we're done, we'll be safe. And he shows a projection of all kinds of people, various Superman, Anti-Monitor, Mitzi's Pitlick, Extent, and Parallax, and yeah, Batman Who Laughs, Pandora, Superboy Prime, all that stuff. Anyways, she said, did you know that he wasn't from our world? He says, I need you to understand we have a lot of work to do. 
you you don't want to be on this ship when it takes off. She shoots him in the leg, says, we're all going. They load up. He says, you don't understand. It's a place of endings. You've doomed this chase, and the ship takes off. Meanwhile, over on the other ship, we see Black Lantern, uh, Roy Harper, going up against the All-Star Squadron slash Infinity Inc., uh, reimagined uh, with Power Girl, Wildcat, Adam Smasher, Jade, so on and so forth. Jade uh, confronts him and tries to get through to Roy. She does so. They ask, why doesn't he just take, you know, like Adam Smasher, and then just ask, why don't you just take the ring off? He says, well, what if it's the only thing keeping me alive? Also, it showed me that my daughter's alive. I need to figure out where, she's in, where she is. Jade very quickly explains what happened to her. Essentially, they were all meeting at the JSA uh, Brownstone when Extract and them popped in. She uh, shot Jade with this gun, which was supposed to teleport everybody away from uh, the location, but when Jade got hit, it triggered something in the star heart and she ended up in the bleed outside of the ship. Uh, so she went in and freed the others and they arrive over on Earth Omega, just hovering outside of Earth Omega. And as they look uh, towards the surface, they see anti-monitor shadow demons. We can see Flash is still running on the treadmill while Psycho Pirate is telling him to run. Roy Harper's ring lights up. He says, what if my daughter's down there? And suddenly everything flashes and Boom, the two ships actually collide with each other. The one that has that took off earlier and the ones that everybody's on because their frequencies collided. Uh, it's going to be a rough landing. They crash down onto the surface of Earth Omega and over in the House of Heroes, which is our Justice League incarnate. Um, we see President Superman and uh, Thomas Wayne Batman show up. Um, he says, maybe we've been looking at all the wrong places and, and should look more at you. Any word from Flash Machine Head? He says he's nowhere to be seen. The shuttle is nearly built. We have a good idea. We should have a good idea what Lex Luthor was up to. Your Lex did design the shuttle, and it appears the metal may have come from your world. Lex tried to develop multiversal travel many times before and failed. Someone from outside Earth-23 must have helped him. So President Superman tries to have Harbinger run a, a search for all signs of multiversal travel since the multiverse restored was restored. She says request denied, to which he... Uses Kalex, uh, Kalex to uh, try and hack in. He finds the message from Barry Allen, which says that he's reporting in that, you know, call emergency meeting, connect with the Justice League, tell them death follows us again, which we saw in a previous issue. Meanwhile, Thomas is running a search for Batman, and we see Batman, Bruce Wayne on so many different worlds, including the last world that Thomas confronted him on, or Zero. He says, I didn't beat him. He came back stronger. He has family with him. I tried to tell you not to be Batman like a foolish and scared old man. That was wrong of me. You were always Batman. Meanwhile, President Ellis decides that we're going to go to Earth Omega and right then Machine Head turns around and attacks Thomas Wayne. He said, and then uh, as everyone is shocked, he attacks everybody else. Uh, he opens the door, says, welcome our new guests. He takes everybody down. Uh, Captain Carrot asks why. He says, my world Earth 8 was invaded by an alternate reality. We tried to fight the war in secret, but ultimately we lost. I lost. For years I questioned how. And all signs pointed to one place, Earth 0, he says, as he kicks Thomas Wayne, Flashpoint, Batman in the chin. He says, I don't want to destroy the multiverse. I want to keep a separate, no more crossovers between worlds. But ironically, I wasn't alone. There are a lot of people in the multiverse who feel the same. And so we came together knowing there must be a sacrifice to correct a great injustice. And behind him, we see a bunch of people show up, including Magog, 
uh, Sinestro Corps Joker. It looks like Dr. Savannah, Superwoman from Earth 3, and Lady Quark from, I forget which Earth, but she showed up for the first time in Crisis on Infinite Earths. A bunch of people show up, and it's um, next, War on Earth Omega. And our creative team is Joshua Williamson, writer Paul Pelletier, Jesus Marino, and Zermako is our pencilers, Norm Rapman, uh, Raul Fernandez, and Zermako is our inkers, Hi-Fi is our colorist, Tom Napolitino is our letterer, Mixed Jarage did the cover, Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair, and Puppeteer Lee, John K. Snyder 3, and Brennan Wagner did the variant covers, Diego Lopez, associate editor, and Jamie S. Rich is our editor. One thing I can say at and I, and I thought this before we got to these three issues, man, Thomas Wayne, Batman, they really take a big steam and dump on him throughout this whole, he, he, he's like a clod. <laughs> it's like, he's like, he, he serves a little bit of a, a purpose in this more as a distraction, but I mean, he, but I was like everybody in the whole multiverse is uh, the, the, the omniverse is like crapping on Thomas Wayne. Batman. <laughs> and he, he just comes out looking like a schnook. In most of this, I mean, he's a little sentimental on this, like you said, but seeing all, all the different versions of Bruce. I don't know. That's I just I didn't like the way Thomas Wayne was treated in this in this miniseries at all. I didn't know you had an attachment to him. I don't have a huge attachment to him, but but I but it seemed a little odd. I, I kind of in my mind always see the Thomas Wayne Batman as kind of a badass. And it's kind of and it's kind of like I understand he's softened a little. I get that. But it just seems like. <laughs> like <laughs> it's like a pu- it's like a, a puppy that that everybody else wants to kick which is sad by itself but it seems like it's like the same dog if you have like six dogs in the room everybody kicks the same dog when they're leaving and that's what thomas wayne is in this entire series of like everybody has to like kick or go after or blame thomas wayne like magog did the other issue that just kind of bugs me in in this in this whole thing i don't think this is probably the least interesting issue of the of the three <laughs> Yeah, a lot of staging ground stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did, I did like the splash, the the you know the double center page, you know this kind of the pseudo double splash page with all basically the threats, all the heroes, and also all the threats to the multiverse that we've seen and all these different crises. I thought that was that was a that was a nice touch. They, I, I wish they had shown Parallax with his cape though. <laughs> Yeah, we got Extant, we got Parallax, we got... The Monitor, uh, we got the Anti-Monitor, we have Flashes up the wazoo, we have Dr. Manhattan. Yep. Batman Who Laughs, Superman Prime, like you said, Pandora. Mm -hmm. Who's the one I'm missing next to Parallax? Alex Luthor is obviously the one right next to him, but... Because well, I know we, he looks super familiar. He looks like Graven, but I'm sure it's, but it's not supposed to be Graven. I don't know. It, there's Mr. Mind from 52. Who's the one with the black cape and the white face between extent oh that's uh what's his face from uh that we just did for future state oh yeah that's right uh and then there's next i don't know who this woman is the big woman next to missy's pitlick but who is who's this guy he's from uh the convergence event right yeah it's uh god tallow Talos, isn't it? Talos, Talos. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. There you go. There you Cha-ching. go. I finally can able to pull something out of my ass without yeah. it. My, that yes, that's that's Talos from Convergence. That's so pretty, bad. so pretty much every every crisis or pseudo crisis event that we've had in DC, probably beginning with Crisis on Infinite Earths, so there's a there is a representation here of of all these uh, or any, anything that's led to playing around with the multiverse and the timeline that those characters are represented here, which is which is cool. Which I do, which I do 
I do appreciate. I mean, you get a little bit. I mean, obviously, you get more of the whole bones chase thing, especially in issue five. I mean, issue five, you get you get a lot of the explanation for everything of what's going on in issue five. But you know, it it, it continues the it continues what we said about the first three issues for the most part. The pacing was kind of slow. So the first even even the first four issues of this series are pretty slow. They probably definitely could have at least cut one issue out of this thing, if not two, to make it tighter and to get to just basically to get to the point. But it's you know, it's not it's it's not bad. And I like Pelletier's art. I always have a soft spot for Pelletier's art, especially when he was because he he did the outside he did the outsiders when the eradicator was part of the outsiders so that's and and other i mean he he's drawn green lantern and other things too and but it's just that he's got a distinctive art style that every time you even without knowing he's in the book if you see him see a couple of panels and like oh that's him and i like it as opposed to like Raimi that we don't so <laughs> well, what do you think about the reveal of what happened to jade <sighs> It was, I mean, it was, it was okay. I mean, we really, but you've been related to the Starheart, and I mean, also, I mean, which we obviously get another reference to the Starheart in issues five and six related to Jade. Yeah. It's con, it's convenient. A lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff is convenient. You know, the relevance of Alan and Jade and Obsidian. That obviously, we get more of an explanation, explanation for that in issue five too, but. I mean, it's it's a little force. It's it's a little okay. I mean, it's a little bare bones, no pun intended. No, it's just we we spent so much time with Obsidian and Alan. Like, where's Jade? What happened to her? Like, almost trying to solve a mystery, and then like we get the explanation in barely a page. Well, yeah, and and even as we know, as we as we wrap this up, the idea that oh, like you said, it's like a trying to find out what happened to Jade and they're, and, and, and they're desperate searching for her. And then she's kind of like, Oh, it's like, you guys thought I needed help. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's there are, there are things that don't really work here. You, you can make a case. And we'll talk about this more once we get through issue six, just the, the, the little, the, the pivot dark side is able to make between issues five and six. When, when things change, that seems a little forced and a little like, Oh, okay kind of too so it's this certainly isn't an event and even as a precursor to maybe a precursor to an event it's i just think it's okay yeah who's who's bones supposed to be what's the character's name director bones mr bones yeah because he flashes there and we see him later in your issue well i don't actually i don't know his all his he is a character that is his overall his relevance in dc we've seen him before clearly I don't know that much about him. I just know that, you know, obviously he's what with this DEO thing that he's he's running it at the moment. But I don't I've never been he's a character that I remember seeing, you know, because he's so distinctive. But I don't I've never really understood the the relevance of him. And even and I guess I guess we get a little bit more of the relevance of him in you know, of this he's, version. He's Mr. Bones from Infinity Inc. He's one right. of those. Yeah, yeah, Mr. Bones who became yeah. Director Bones because he's running the yeah. DEO, whatever. Okie dokie. All right. Uh, uh, artistically, I did want to mention, I really did like the pages specifically with Jade and Roy, especially that hugging panel. I thought that was really cool looking. No, it was good. I did. I, I thought the art, I did think that artwork was pretty good as opposed to as nice as it was seeing all these villains or the villains or antagonists and related to the crises that I don't think that art was particularly strong. I know, I know they, based on the way they were doing it, going for a lot of detail on some of these characters probably wasn't likely, no matter what, based on how the size and how they're put out, the way they're being viewed and spaced on the page. But I didn't think that, 
that was more conceptually that works more than I think artistically. I do think a lot of there are some, you know, Power Girl and there are some other things that, you know, that pop in this in this issue. So the I think the art overall is pretty good in this issue. For sure. All right. Issue five. All right. Issue five. All, I also have the digital for this. So I'm going to I have some notes to help me along the way. But basically, issue issue, issue five is the uh, lifting of the veil where we really un, we get the real explanation for really what we uh, to a large extent what dark side's trying to do. That there's always there's obviously more to what dark side's trying to do than even his his lackeys understand. But we we get the majority of the exposition from the psycho pirate. And psycho, basically psycho, his, you know, his original Earth 2 got wiped out when in crisis and his and he is also was haunted by the fact that he remembered everything and everybody kept at the time. Oh, there's no multiverse and everything else. But he's haunted by the fact that not only did he lose his world, he knew that, 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 that conceptually the multiverse existed when at the time nobody did. So. His basic view on this, and this became Darkseid's basic view on this. The reason why Dark why Darkseid is trying to manipulate and take control of what he's of tr- uh, what he's trying to take control of, is because conceptually there's always another crisis around the corner, and every single time there's a crisis, some world inevitably kind of gets like left out in the cold. They get wiped out. They get sacrificed for the quote unquote greater good. And kind of like that line from the Phantom Menace, there's always going to be there's, there's always a bigger fish. There's always another crisis. And that's going to happen over and over and over again. So what happened with Psycho Pirate and a, and a bunch of other people basically put together. And this is where we find out where, you know, where director director Bones is a remnant of Earth of the original Earth 2. Right. There are two. Yeah. Right? Mr. Bone, Mr. Bones is from Earth 2 because of Infinity Inc. and everything. Right. And. Psycho, you know, psycho pirate and the team, the team that gets the team that gets put together, the, a lot of these characters are remnants of the original Earth, too, that were then rolled over like into Earth Zero and other Earths because of Crisis on Infinite Earth. And then things that followed. The idea was psycho pirate. This is how he was recruited by Darkseid conceptually and how all the people who are allied with Darkseid, as we find out. Even some of the people we didn't know at the time. Same thing with uh, Machine Head, which is a stupid ass name. That all these worlds, they basically were promised. It's like, hey, if you if you ally with me, Darkseid, I will promise your world will be safe. I will protect your world. It's almost like a, a Don Corleone thing. It's like, uh, I do you this favor, and I'm calling you to do me a service. This day may never come, but but the reality is we know it's going to. <laughs> uh, and it's like. That's exactly it. Darkseid basically is recruiting allies. It's going to be a time when I'm going to need you. I need backup. And when that happens, you better be there when I call. The problem with the multiverse is it's too, there's too much connective tissue and there's too much jumping in between worlds on the, and the multiverse, which is part of the reason why all these things, all these crises happen. So Darkseid's real plan is to make sure that he's going to cut off a world jumping and, and, and multiverse hopping. That's what on the surface. But Darkseid's, you know, plan really is here. And that's why they're able to put together the, the, the team of the group of people that are, which we end up finding it basically, it's, it's ju- they call themselves what? Injustice Incarnate. That, that's where you get the Darkseid Joker and Magog, all these, uh, and what Superwoman, all these characters that base, that believe in the same, and the concept that, that the multiverse shouldn't be having this much interaction 
that it just leads to crises, leads to disaster. And the fact that Darkseid is basically willing to protect their world if they're willing to ally with him, it's like, oh, okay, that doesn't seem like that. That doesn't really seem like such such a bad, such a bad gig. And that's why, you know, Mr. Bones, Director Bones, he's also the remnant. And we, the other twist we get in this is we find out Extract, which of course is spelled inconsistently throughout this issue. One time it's with the X and one time it has the EX with it, that she's also, she's another chase variant. She's a chase from the original, but Earth 2 as well, that, that's the basic premise of what's going on here. Al, you know, Alan gets all pissed at Bones. Is like, where's my daughter? And Bones says, well, I don't know. It's like <laughs> she was never supposed to be extracted. It's like a, it's like I was, you know, I was just trying to start small before I grabbed the justice, you know, the Justice Society and Obsidian freaks out. It's like, it's like, why us? Is this because of our past? And he goes, because you're like me. You're all re- you, you didn't start on Earth, on Earth zero. You're all remnants from an Earth that doesn't exist anymore. Earth two. You were erased before forgotten. And he said, I, I thought no one would ever notice you were gone again, <laughs> which on some levels, you can't really argue the point. So so Alan's you know, about to go toe to toe with Bones. And of course, Jay just pops in like with the do you remember the Starheart? And, the, you know, they she hugs Alan and Obsidian. And that's where she gives that little line when she finds out they were there to save her. And it's like, oh, you really thought I needed saving? Oh, that's cute. Yeah, you know, you have some of the you know, Adam Smasher and Alan and some of the other characters that know, that have a history. Basically, you're greeting each other. We we find everybody then notices the flash on, on the treadmill. And the whole point of the flash here, the flash is being used, ideally, the, the master plan for using the flash is that the flash is being used that, the Flash is being used to, to create a crack in the multiverse, in the new multiverse. So Darkseid can get to and contact and control what rests beyond. In the omniverse. Yes, in the omniverse. A crack in the omniverse. But I thought they said the, I, that's, but I thought they actually said we'll, crack in the multiverse. We'll get, we'll get to it in my, in my issue. Okay. Yeah, conceptually, it's more the omniverse, but I think they do use, they use both terms in, 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 what, in the individual issues. Because, again, the backstory is the Flash, when he went back in time to save his mom and all this stuff, he created a crack in the, in the multiverse. And that had ramifications. It didn't just affect his world. It also affected other worlds in the multiverse, such as Earth-8, which is where Machine Head's from, which is why he's part of the group, is that the Flash going back to save his mother made Earth-8 a harder, darker world than it used to be. And machine head, and that didn't sit well with machine head. So that's part of the, basically hit the easy way, one of the easy ways he was recruited into the concept of keeping the multiverse separate, all these worlds from from crossing over. So the Flash, of course, continues to be brainwashed by Psycho Pirate into thinking that he's that he, you know he's trying to save the save everyone, and so he continues to run on the treadmill. We have some we have a big battle between Justice Incarnate and Ju- and Injustice Incarnate. Alan creates a bunch of cool constructs of the, of the JSA, le- you know, leaping, leaping into battle. Psycho Pirate logically makes it clear to his team. It's like, do not allow them to, <laughs> to interfere with, with the Flash. And the Flash is getting close to breaking through. It's like, you, you can feel it. We get to see what, you know, what, what Barry's seeing and thinking about. If Barry Allen is going to save the day and you see his whole family, it's like, yeah, to save the, to save the multiverse as long as I have my, you know, my family by my side. President Superman is, is seeing all this and he's he's kind of getting he's kind of getting pissed 
and he breaks he breaks free like in a, in a in an homage to the classic Superman breaking breaking the chains off his chest, you know, with his arms standing there with his arms spread and everything. That he goes, you know, I've had enough I've had enough of this. So it's like Barry, snap out of it. Machine Machine Head, you know, Machine Head takes on President Superman to delay him here, and everybody starts getting wrapped. They all start getting wrapped in chains, and we find out that Psycho Pirate explains this as that all of us here have con- our connections to the multiverse powers Earth Omega. It's a prison world, and the chains that bind it grow, so that you have no more multiverse travels, no more connections between world between worlds. Darkseid has the power he needs to control it all. This is where Psycho Pirate kind of screws up. He's talking. He's talking to Roy. We get confirmation that Roy's Black Lantern ring is not from Earth Zero. That you know, it's something older and darker. They, we find out that this, you know, the Batman who laughs when you use a black ring, that's the reason why Roy Harper was resurrected. And that Roy, I, I did like the part about how you know how Jordan's ring basically found him. You know, found him because of his uh, because of his fearlessness. This Black Lantern ring found Roy because it it was searching for someone who suffered. So that so it's obviously it's a slight variation on what a Black Lantern a Black Lantern ring does and what it needs. But it's this really super powerful weapon, which Psycho Pirate even admits that technically Roy could use this weapon to save everyone there. But if he did that, of course, then it's like. Roy would go full on zombie again, which has happened pretty much every time he's given into the power and created constructs with the with the Black Lantern ring. Psycho Pirates slips up and also he tried because he tries to make the deal with Roy. It's like you you join with us, do do what we ask, and we will leave your Earth Zero alone, and your daughter will be safe. And that's when Roy realizes that oh, number one, his daughter is, is truly alive, but she's also not there, which is you know he thought the Leon was there basically an earth omega that that's where he was going to find her. And it's like, no, she's still back on our earth. And Roy says, you know, you said this ring is powered by my suffering. It's like, it's like, I've got more than enough. And he goes like full zombie mode, creates a lot of constructs, which help free all the superhero, uh, all the justice incarnate members and Alan and everyone else. And goes, I have faith in all of you. Damn it. Save my daughter, save the multiverse. And as that, as that's going on, then we get, all the heroes leap back into action. It's like, you're done psycho pirate and everything else. And then we hear that, you know, it's, it's too late and any battle now will only feed my power. The multiverse barriers have been created. All of its citizens will kneel to me dark. And with my Omega lantern at my side, I control all infinite evil. That's the actual title of this issue. Again, Williamson writer, Pelletier, Marino, Derenick Penslers, uh, Rapman Fernandez, Derenick Inkers, Hi-Fi Color, Napoleano Ta- Napoletano Lettering, Gerard's Cover, Hitch and Sinclair, John K. Snyder, and Brennan Wagner. They did the cover and the, they did the variant covers. Uh, Diego Lopez, associate editor, and Mike Cotton was the editor. Yeah, okay. It's a good issue, though. It is, uh, although it does feel very cluttered. I think the thing... So I hate to jump straight to the negative, but the first thing... That that struck me was the chains. Even even with Psycho Pirates explanation, it just does not make sense. I don't I don't get it. So people just being on Earth Omega from another Earth, if enough people from enough Earths are on it, that's all it takes. Well, maybe it has to maybe it has to do with 
like how much multiverse interaction and hopping that you do and how much crossover you have that maybe it's almost like a, a chronal energy kind of thing that you have more ties to the multiverse that way. If you, if you're doing that kind of in, interacting and jumping plus the ties, plus the reference that it's a, a prison world. So the chain, you know, so the, so if the chains get a hold of you, maybe, you know, maybe it's like a, they feed off of you. They feed off the energy on you and they feed from you. I don't know. It, I'm not saying it makes a, it makes a whole lot of sense, but that's, that's all I could kind of make from it. Yeah. It, it still just doesn't. Yeah. I don't know what it is. It's prison planets are nothing new, but the way the it works and how it somehow slows the multiverse to a crawl. I, I don't know. None of that makes any real sense to me. Um, Lots of good art moments here. I do like, particularly, obviously, as a Green Lantern fan, I like the splash page or half a splash page where we have Alan, Obsidian, and Jade coming towards the reader with a construct JSA. I thought that was pretty cool. And uh, I do, I, I, I like how Alan uses a construct uh, Batman to face down the uh, the Sinestro Corps Joker. Yes. Which was cool looking as well. We never get an explanation of why there's a Sinestro Corps Joker. It's kind of one of those things like, well, yeah, of course there is. <laughs> I do. Yeah, it all makes sense in terms of Barry Allen's first breach of the multiverse. And what was that? Flash 123? Or is, it one two, is it 123? Flash of two worlds? I think, yeah, I'm not 100%. It's sure. one of those few like issue numbers. I, I think I'm pretty sure I remembered. Yeah, Flash 123. So that's cool. I don't, I have no connection to Cameron and be, yeah. to, to begin with so the reveal of extracts identity is like yeah so who cares um otherwise i th- i mean i thought artistically there i mean the, uh, maybe it's just the colorists uh there's so much color so especially anytime the jsa is involved because we're talking like the old school costumes and you know i mean alan alan's costume is a perfect example like the golden age nobody really cared about color schemes it's just yeah purple red gold <laughs> green it all goes together right and so that was sort of the theme that was followed with a lot of of the golden age characters so anytime they're all teamed up together or their proteges or anybody else especially when you bring in other multiverse stuff there's there's so much color on the page it's it's just fun to look at psycho pirate to me his personality has always been pretty damn annoying um but he's a villain you're not supposed to like him so I do like what Roy does here. He's like, um, you know, hey, he sets everybody free and says, uh, hey, hey, I'm, I'm gonna save, I'm gonna save the multiverse, uh, or you guys save the multiverse, and, and then we just wrap with, with Darkseid where he is. I, I just, I think, again, artistically, I think, I, I think this stands out for me artistically more than it does narratively. I think that's the thing. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think you're right that it's cluttered, but in a way, part of the reason why I think this is probably my favorite issue is because of the fact that we've been building up to this. We've been slogging through the rest of the garbage for like four issues plus to get to this. And then at least at least we understand the rationale behind what's going on on the surface. Now, it doesn't now on the surface. And maybe the other thing I think that appeals to me about this issue is that it's very zero hour esque. Mm. It's very parallax-esque and what a lot of people are doing, but even with, in, in theory, which, you know, is not the real bottom line reason there's more going on with Darkseid, what Darkseid's trying to do. I mean, they're not obviously not trying to reset time, but they are trying to set things right. They are trying to protect things. 
and look out and correct things that have happened before and making deals with people. It's like, you know, you, I'm trying to accomplish, I'm trying to accomplish a greater good. So you may not like me, but you know what I'm saying is true. So join with me. And, and in, in exchange for this, you'll get that. And I did. So I, I did. I there was an appeal to me there. I did. It was it was interesting because I probably wouldn't have suspected that the idea that they were trying that they were trying to keep on the surface. They were trying to keep all the all the all the, the universes and the multiverse slash omniverse separate from each other, that their goals were basically to make keep. Not destroy anything, but just make sure everything was they were not inter they were not interacting that you weren't having to cross over. I think it might have been either way. The idea that oh, if they succeeded, like you mentioned about slowing everything down, like mm-hmm. if they succeeded in in doing what they're trying to do, how the ramifications it would have on the multiverse. I don't know if I really bought that either, but but it, I mean, I don't have a huge amount of ties to Psycho Pirate, but it's kind of, in a way it was kind of cool for him to have his to have his day in the sun here. Yeah. Every time I blame Doctor the Doctor DC podcast for it, but every time Psycho Pirate comes up, like they have like a thing that they do, they they can't help but go like kus kus say, ba 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 Psycho Pirate. Oi. <laughs> oh my god. All right. Anything else about issue five? No, we can roll into six if you want. All right, rolling into six, we have Barry Allen still running. Uh, he starts to come to like. Wait, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? And then he gets a flash of Psycho Pirate and keeps running. He says he'll save the multiverse. The battle continues over on Earth Omega. Darkseid with uh, with Roy all chained up explains and sort of recaps for the reader a little bit of where we're at in terms of the Quintessence dying and all of his past versions combined into one ultimate version and blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, uh, he continues and he says, once Flash cracks through our multiverse, I will have access to a door to what is beyond. You are my key, Omega Lantern. Through you, I can control the greatest force in any and all multiverses. Jade flies toward Darkseid to try and release him with her brother, Obsidian. He says uh, that uh, he belongs, uh, Roy belongs to the Dark. Now he sets him loose to fight against Obsidian and Jade. Jade takes on the shadow demons while um, Obsidian uh, goes up to Roy and, you know, kind of appeals to him and his heart and everything gets through to him. Machine Head and President Superman uh, continue uh, fighting one another. Thomas jumps in. Machine Head nearly beats him to death, but Superman knocks him out. Uh, Thomas tells President Superman to go save, save Barry. So President Superman flies towards the treadmill, uh, grabs Barry. And I don't know what he does. I can't, I can't tell based on the art, what actually happens. If he grabs him off the treadmill or blows up the treadmill or whatever, it looks, it looks like he somehow breaks the treadmill and Barry's no longer running in a circle and Barry just runs off the treadmill. Uh, And because Barry's running so fast there, everything explodes. There's a crack in the top of everything. The chains are gone. The fighting is over. The ring is off of Roy. He's free. He says, I'm free, but Darkseid standing there holding the ring says says that no one is. We are all doomed now. The ring has gone quiet. Flash is gone. The crack is lost. The omniverse has been taken from me. You failed me, Psycho Pirate. He 
Psycho Pirate, as he always does, complains and, oh, but it wasn't me. They cheated. And then he disappears saying, I'm needed in another event. <laughs> the princess is in another castle. <laughs> uh, Machine Head tries to stand up and take uh, immediately take uh, uh, Psycho Pirate's place. He says, I can fix this. Darkseid uses Omega Beams and kills Machine Head. President Superman flies to take on Darkseid. Darkseid says today's battle is over, uses his Omega Beams to transport everybody away. Everybody winds up back on their respective Earths. We kind of get uh, some teasing for what's going on next. Uh, for instance, with the Justice League Incarnate, uh, President Superman says they're going to find Flash in the crack in the Omniverse before Darkseid does. Uh, that's going to lead us into the next series, which is Justice League Incarnate number one. Um, that's going to be the main thing to continue everything from the Infinite Frontier uh, story arc here. Meanwhile, over on Earth Zero, uh, we see people kind of getting together and talking about what the multiverse is and where everybody's at. Uh, this is Roy and Cameron talking about things. Obviously he's going to go uh, try and find his daughter. We know that bones is gone. We don't know where he went, but we see a quick flash of him. And it looks like question Katana green arrow, things like that. Uh, Alan obsidian and Jade in the JSA uh, checked in with a totality and are monitoring what dark side and psycho pirate did. There are no changes to the time space balance, but they said, Earth Omega is hidden. She talks a bit about all of her different variants, and he says it's time to get back to living. And as he's looking out over, uh, and, and it looks like he's on a ferry heading towards Titan's Tower. Meanwhile, over on Earth Omega, we see Darkseid saying some uh, important stuff here. She says, they think they won. They don't understand what we unlocked today. Are you ready to bow to me? You will not fail me like Psycho Pirate. Will you not fail me like Psycho Pirate because all of the heroes in the multiverse will play a role in the coming wars, just as my family will. We have feuded before, but that needs to be left in the past. He's trying to give the Black Ring to uh, extract, it looks like. I have brought you all here so you can understand what is at stake. Earth Omega was never a world. It is a piece of a resting enemy, dormant since the first crisis. And now it wakes we will find the flash and the crack in the omniverse. I am not the only one who seeks this power, but only I will control the great darkness. And here we see flashes of, I believe that's Trigon. We see the upside down man. We see Eclipso and we see Necron standing in front of the black central power battery. In the great darkness uh, teaser that we get the epilogue, that Flash is still running. He says he's, he's breaking out of his little trance and he stops running. He trips and falls. He looks up, sees where he'd been. He says, I've been here before. When I died, I remember where. And then a voice says, as he's looking up at a sky of cracked uh, earth stringing across like a, a pearl necklace across the, the sky, uh, a voice says, this is multiverse two. It was what came before, destroyed by the anti-monitor in the first crisis, and the empty hand and the gentry fed on it for years. It was all my fault. Its ruin started with me. They made me watch as each world was swallowed in darkness. I tried to warn them, and now you're already getting hints as to who this is, page turn reveal, but no one would listen. They could have stopped it, but they didn't. Do you have any idea what that does to a person to be forced to witness infinite Earths being erased? The Anti-Monitor destroyed it. Alexander Luther tried to find the perfect world and Darkseid wishes to control it, but they are all wrong. There is another way. 
Flash asks who is. He says, my name is Pariah, and it is time that we moved on. Stopped apologizing for the past and let the real multiverse truly live. He touches Flash. Flash goes all cartoony, comic booky, uh, and he's sitting at home in a very 60s sort of Silver Age style art style around a, a family dinner. And um, we see Earth Earth Flash 1 is what this is labeled. We see Jay, Wally, Iris, the Tornado Twins. It looks like, we see, it looks like that's probably got to be little Wally, uh, as in Iris's brother and or cousin. Uh, anyways, Pryor says, we'll all be happy no matter what. And we see him looking down on Earth with a flash symbol across it. It says, to be continued in 2022. And where did my credits page go? Did I miss it at the beginning? I got caught up. Yeah, there. if it's on the double splash page that began, pages oh, yeah. two and three. Let me do that then, because I know it changes a little bit here and there. And I did like I, I did like the art here. Uh, okay, yeah. So Joshua Williamson is our writer. Zermanko did the art. Oh, only Zermanko. Okay. Uh, Romulo Fajaro Jr. did the colors. Tom Napolitino did the lettering. Mitch Jarrett did the cover. Brian Hitch and Alex Sinclair Puppeteer Lee did the variant covers. Uh, then we have Diego Lopez as our associate editor, and Mike Cotton is our editor. Woohoo! Uh, artistically fantastic, a lot, especially the bigger panels where the art uh, Zermanko did had the opportunity to really put in lots of detail and stuff. Um, I thought it really stood out, and obviously, especially towards the end, he plays with different styles. Um, so I, I like any time, you know. And we talked about this a lot when we were reviewing. Um, Morrison's run on Green Lantern, the the various styles and stuff that um, that Liam Sharp was able to master and showcase in that series. It's not like Zermanko's opportunities here are as varied as like Liam on the Grant Morrison run, but we can see him working with a lot of different stuff here, which I think is cool looking. I think the art was good. I prefer still overall prefer the art in issue five. I like cons- I like more consistency. I think generally speaking, some of the pages I. Like like that the first double double splash page with with the credits I don't really like I don't like the art in that at all but the deep but again it's very un for them often in a lot of these with these characters there's not a lot of detail in some of these the way they're drawn or it's like so I I think that could be part of the issue that I have there but I just think the artwork is better in five as a whole yeah so what do you think about uh, the whole great darkness thing. Well, I don't have a whole lot of ties to the, the super relevance of that, which we'll talk about. But I, conceptually, it kind of bothers me that he's so so either Darkseid didn't fail, but he wanted but he wanted people to you know he 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 wanted the heroes to think that he failed, or that Darkseid's real good at pivoting from one to the one to the next because he couldn't get that crack in the multiverse slash omniverse, which they they use way too interchangeably in this, even though conceptually it makes sense because all of the omniverse is. It's just made up of tons of multiverses. You know, it's just that there's more most there's more uni, more universes that exist now than exist before. So that's why it's an omni. But it's still a multiverse. It's just a lot more of them. It's it is a, it was interesting the uh, the when he talks about how you know that he hasn't been deterred. Basically, he's still gonna on one level he's still looking for the he's gonna look for the crack. And when he find you know and when he finds it, then he's gonna. But the the, the really interesting thing was the idea that that Earth Omega is not really a world. It basically it's just a piece. It's just a piece of an old enemy that been dormant for a long time. That, 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 that was interesting. The ring, the ring coming back online, offering it to chase when, when she asks before he says, 
because all the heroes of the multiverse will play a role in the in the coming wars because she asked him like why did he basically let them escape and technically she's the one who sent them away but i mean why didn't he just kill them and she and that that was his explanation because they're basically all going to be needed just like his family well even though they were kind of been estranged and at, and at, at each other's throats at times but that doesn't matter anymore either because we're dealing with big picture big picture things here now i will admit that that this the dark side we're getting in this seem is a little more intriguing than your standard dark side. Mm-hmm. So that at least offers a little bit of hope to the concept that even though I'm so sick of dark side in general, regardless of which version it is, that at least he doesn't, he's not acting like your typical dark side. So it's maybe there's hope that this as a villain or whatever he is, whether he's more than a villain at this point, whether that gives, that gives a little bit of hope. The, I thought the, the epilogue, the epilogue, I like in general, even though, again, I don't have a huge amount of ties from my reading experience with infinite, with crisis on the infinite earths. I do like a lot of the reference points to that. Just like the general idea that Barry Allen's the one who basically broke. He's the one who basically set everything in motion for all these problems because he's the one who basically jumped, jumped universes the first time. And ever since he did, he, you know, he, we basically that once you put that fissure in that it's just been getting weaker ever since and creating more and more problems. So I do kind of like that concept. Not oh, can't say it's super original because, but it makes, but it's logical. So I yeah. think that's why it works. I hate that we keep coming back to it though, because it makes it seem like Barry did it on purpose. It's like, no, he just happened to run so fast. He was like, oh shit, what did I do? <laughs> he did yeah, it on accident. But, but, but on the bright side, if it was the Grand Gustin Flash, at least it would make perfect sense. It's like, oh, there's that, there's that idiot doing it again. <laughs> Uh, it's like no Nora failed the science test and we go run on the treadmill and go back in time. <laughs> uh it seemed a little I think issue six seemed a little anticlimactic to me. It seemed a little anticlimactic. Five five was really building up well. I, and I, I'm not talking about, you know, the, the once we get back to Earth Omega and and Dark Side is waxing poetic about they think they won, but ha ha ha. I don't mean that part's fine, but I mean just the way it's all nice little Everybody's feeling good about stuff and everything's seemingly resolved. And, oh, it's like, oh, the flash is gone. The crack is gone. Oop. See you guys next week. <laughs> that seemed a little anticlimactic. I know now when we get to the two, the two pseudo epilogues that was you know, his and the flash that we're supposed to realize that, no, it's, it's not really over and it's not as nice and neat. It's just, you know, maybe it's a Pyrrhic victory, but it's really not a. It's not really a victory for anyone at this point. And Dark Side's still on, still on his trail to do what he needs to do or wants to do. Yeah, um, I don't know what's going on with with Bones here. I, I, this team, this team of Green Arrow and I think Katana, Question, all of that. I don't know what this is, but I do know. Obviously, we'll see Roy uh, in the Teen Titans Academy series. Uh, there's the Justice League Incarnate series that's coming up and everything. Um, I'm assuming we'll probably see some more flash and the flash stuff because there are some random multiverse hijinks that happen here and there with that. But I was, I mean, I was, I was looking for, for stuff about what this team is that bones is standing with here, but maybe we'll just see that in 2022. I mean, it, it ends with an obvious cliffhanger. We got, we got the stuff with, um, the great darkness, which we'll talk about in a second. And then we've got uh, pariah at the end. So like, reveals cool like there's some oh shit moments but ultimately it does sort of feel like what was the point of all this 
Yeah, know? I mean, for for people, I mean, for and we kind of, I mean, we've kind of figured this out a while ago. Based on the first few issues, it just seemed to, to me the vibe was there. But for people who who really still thought this was like going to be an event, then they probably were sorely disappointed by issue six, especially. Mm-hmm. That uh, we kind of suspected for a while that that this was not really an this wasn't an event. I don't necessarily think the Justice Incarnate is really going to be an event either. It may be. I think probably what comes after that is going to be the event. But the reality is, since it's as, since it's clearly not an event, that yes, it it's not inconsequential. But again, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, short term, all you probably needed to do was read this, the two epilogues, the dark side one and the, and the flash pariah thing. And that you probably would have gotten enough out of the story to understand all you really need to know short term about it. As far as the DC as a whole, not with all these individual characters, obviously, if you care or you're interested in Roy, then a lot of the stuff that happened in this series is interesting. If you don't know much about Roy, you don't care. Then the whole thing with his daughter and how you got and even giving having the Black Lantern ring, losing the Black Lantern ring, none of that really matters to you. If you're looking at how it affected DC as a whole, you get a lot, a lot basically between what between a lot of the exposition from Psycho Pirate in the beginning of issue five and all the stuff that happens at the end of issue six. That kind of is all you seemingly would need to know to understand the quote unquote importance of this six issue mini. You know. Honestly, I, it just reminded me. What's the which which is the movie? Is it is it what's the what's the what's the Harry Potter movie with the the Wizard's Cup? Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. There we go. My favorite one. So honestly, that is sort of. I mean, it, I, it, I, I'm I'm making a bad comparison because that is a good movie and there's stuff revealed in that movie that's important and it, it's a nice story on its own. But that movie ends with. He's back. Voldemort's back. Like a, a warning to everybody. And that then takes us into the rest of the series. That's what this felt like. He's back. Dark side's back. And that's it. That's, yeah. Which, that's, te- which technically we knew from the, from the, the infinite frontier zero, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it's so, so, okay. Then to, then to, to narrow it down a little bit, it taught it's, it's, it's like the moment in the, in the graveyard from that movie where we, we, we see him come back. We see him gain power. We see him meet with his minions. We see him sort of do a bit of exposition and explain what he's going to do. See him kill some people. And then, you know, Harry escapes and, you know, and then it's like, you know, then we get the warning. So we get greater context to he's back, but we don't, there's nothing really delivered there. True. That's what it, that's what it really feels like. I mean, there's one panel to talk about, guys. There's Necron. Yes, which is a nice touch. And and what this Black Lantern ring is and why it's the way it is, it's, it's interesting for us. Yeah, I need. That, I really need to read Death Metal. That that is the fact that it the fact that it's suffering. That it seems that suffering. It's not just death. It's the fact that you know, you basically you need you 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 need someone that's had great suffering in order to be able to use to use this ring. And that's why Roy, that's why it found Roy and why he was able to be that, you know, the Omega Lantern, if you will. So I, I did, I did like, I did like that. I did like the idea that it's a ring from another, another universe, not ours. Which makes you wonder, is this Necron from another universe? Yeah. And can Necron be from another universe if he's basically death incarnate? That is true. Are there multiple versions of Necron? Because at one point, 
uh, I mean, and obviously it's it's um, like the latest, uh, like the Crime Syndicate series. You know, we talked about the overlords of Oa. At one point, though, there was the idea that there's only one Oa in the multiverse, right? There's one. There's only one Guardians. That we were certainly told that at one point, at the very least. Yeah, but it seems like that's not the case anymore. So, but is that the case for Necron? Is there, is there, and can there only be really be one Necron because he's death? I don't know. Considering all these other characters, it, with the exception of the Guardians, I think they've always been the idea that there were multiple versions of these characters. Yeah. So I would I would suspect, even without retconning stuff, that probably there was more than one Necron. Yeah. Got the Upside Down Man. I'm pretty sure that's Trigon. Uh, so Trigon, obviously, probably Teen Titans Academy. Upside Down Man, Justice League Dark, or maybe Shazam, one of the other magic titles. Um, I don't know when we plan on seeing Necron, but uh, I know Eclipso has shown up on some solicits for um, the covers to Superman and the Authority. I don't know. I'm not reading that book. I'm not paying attention to that book, but I know I saw Eclipso on one of those covers. Um, so probably going to be showing up over there. But the Great Darkness. That was my deluxe edition of the Legion of Superheroes, the Great Darkness saga plopping on my desk. Uh, this thing, oh man, when did this, this thing copyright 2010. I haven't read this hardcover in 10, 11 years. Uh, I bought it. I have it. It's one of the most popular, it's been not one of, it's the most popular Legion story of all time. Um, mostly largely agreed upon by people who liked Legion. So it has been a decade since I've read this. It's on my to read pile now to read it again but when for those of you playing along at home when darkness when dark side refers to the great darkness go find and read or look up youtube videos recapping and explaining or whatever suits your fancy in terms of research the legion of superheroes great darkness saga which is legion of superheroes 248 to through two or 284 sorry through 296 and annual number one. This is from Levitz and Giffen. So you know it's good stuff uh, in terms of that era of storytelling. Um, uh, it, there's some others. Obviously, since this issue has come out, there's a lot of articles online talking about what the Great Darkness is. Uh, and it's already been teased in the Rebirth era of things. Uh, Dream Girl and Dr. Fate have alluded to it at one point or another. Uh, the Great Darkness actually was introduced not in the Great Darkness Saga, but in the pages of Swamp Thing by Alan Moore. So uh, I'm going to read a two-sentence thing from CBR, which did an article about the Great Darkness based on this issue being released. So in the pre-crisis DC universe, a cabal of sorcerers known as the Brujeria, B-R-U-J-E-R-I-A, wish to see the multiverse multiversal chaos caused by the crisis on Infinite Earths to do the impossible, uh, wish, wish to use the multiversal chaos to do the impossible, destroy heaven and replace it with the primordial darkness. An alliance of mystical forces, including Etrigan, John Constantine, Swamp Thing, and the Spectre, worked to com- combat their machinations with Swamp Thing, eventually being the key to convince the great darkness that good and evil needed each other to exist in harmony. So in a very, very, very condensed nutshell, which doesn't even get into this whole uh, Great Darkness saga stuff from uh, Legion of Superheroes. That's what the Great Darkness is, which 
then me lead you to speculate a couple different things. For me personally, it makes me wonder, okay, isn't the great darkness then does, doesn't that mean that Necron, as we read him in blackest night is a servant of the great darkness um, or in some way working with him because he wanted to return everything to, I mean, he didn't say the word specifically primordial darkness, um, but they basically before light. Right. So uh, if I remember my blackest night, right. And then also here, uh, according to this, Swamp Thing 49, Swamp Thing eventually being the key to convince the great darkness that good and evil needed each other to exist in harmony. Um, the last time Swamp Thing played a big role in something was when he came back in Brightest Day and took on a dark version of himself, which was somehow Black Lantern inspired or connected in some way. So should we be paying attention to Swamp Thing? Yes, you should be paying attention to Swamp Thing because Ram V is writing it and ev- like everything... Swamp Thing series that for the most part's ever been done, nobody realizes that Swamp Thing is an excellent series until it's already done after the fact. Um, sorry, issue 10 is coming out here in a minute and then it's almost done, then it's done. But go read Ram V Swamp Thing. It's probably one of the best books DC's putting out right now, just telling you. But uh, yeah, some speculation there. It's very interesting to me because, I mean, obviously this, if we're going back to Great Darkness, we're going back into a lot of DC stuff. Uh, as well as just a lot of stuff that's been published in DC right now, but especially this Infinite Frontier series has made a lot of pulls to a lot of stuff from various points in DC history. We know that Green Lantern has done it in terms of referencing Mosaic. So the idea of Swamp Thing being a key in whatever's coming with the Great Darkness thing is not a far-fetched idea. And we know that um, in the pages of Justice League, Based on the solicits, the just the the most recent solicits, the Justice League annual from DC Comics, which is the Bendis Justice League, uh, is talking a bit about the Legion over there. So that's the next time we're supposed to see Legion in DC publication. So there's lots of little pieces of where this story leaves us to follow throughout the DC universe until whatever the hell is supposed to happen next year. It certainly makes it opens the door for next year being interesting, depending how they pick up on some of these threads, what, what, who knows how that's going to play out, but it's more in, I'm more intrigued than I would have been otherwise, you know, based on the way they tied things together at the end of this. And again, having dark side be a little less dark side ish. I think that helped. It doesn't mean we're not, we won't fall back into the same problems with him, but at least they put some effort into this, at least as far as trying to make it have deeper, either deeper meaning, deeper ties, back to pretty much all sometimes to all the previous crises. And it just makes, just makes you wonder how this is going to, how this will play out. See if they can stick the landing. Cause we know that's always, that's always the challenge. Yeah. Um, for those of you playing along at home, I do actually, I have all the trade paperbacks of the saga, the swamp thing. So because of the CBR article, I guess I am now, yeah, there it is. Issue 49. All right, so Saga of the Swamp Thing, book four in my series is, has been added to my to-read pile. So that I guess I'll read Saga of the Swamp Thing 49 and 50, see where the Great Darkness got its starts, and then uh, and then jump into the Great Darkness Saga. That's a lot of reading just to understand what the hell's happening. <laughs> well, on the bright side, you have time. Yeah, for sure. I got 2022, and it's probably a summer event, right? So... If they're if what they're referring to is an actual event, yes, because yeah. when 
Because when does the Justice Incarnate thing start? I can tell you. Um, so the solicits just came out uh, for December. I'm pretty sure it's November is when Incarnate comes out. But I am I will double check. And do we know how many issues it is? Uh, I I will double check that as well. So, but again, by the time we get to the real ramifications for this, which we, again, I'm certainly working on the assumption that it's not going to be in the Justice Incarnate book itself, that there'll be something that comes out of that probably. But uh, Justice Incarnate number two was solicited for December, the first week of December. So, yes, issue one comes out in November. It is a five issue series as of right now. I am getting it. I wasn't going to, but the solicit for number two made me want to do it. I'm not going to dig into it, but first of all, the one in 25 variant is incredibly cool, but also uh, issue two deals with Earth 13, which is that magical part of the D- the DC universe multiverse where like super demon is a thing and there's a version of Ragman over there, that whole thing. So uh, I will be reading Justice League Incarnate, folks. So uh, if anything... Of note happens, I'll mention it on the air. I might give it a shot to start. That conceptually has less of an appeal to me than this did. Uh, that team doesn't do much for me. Uh, you go. I just sent you a sent you a link. That's the one in twenty five variant cover for Justice uh, Incarnate, Justice League Incarnate number. Well, I could see why that would appeal to you. It's just that's so fucking cool looking. All right, anyways, but yeah, I'm just trying to. I'm I'm just thinking in my head of all the tendrils to follow from this. I think the if I were to pick, my biggest curiosity is probably Great Darkness, followed as a very close second, whatever Pry is doing. But I don't, if I'm being realistic, I don't, I think we'll learn more about the Great Darkness before we see Pariah again. I bet, well, I bet we don't see Pariah, Pariah until whatever is mentioned is coming in 2022. That's probably true. I think I would, I would probably bet on that too, especially the way. Especially the way that ends because of the fact that it makes it it makes it seem like uh, again very similar another zero hour vibe almost like every that almost everybody can have their own world you know yeah, your world can live your world can live everybody wins you know the Hal Jordan line so that that's what makes you wonder about when he talks about what the you know the real multiverse what what exactly that what exactly that means so that's there are definitely yeah. things to help spinning out of this which are interesting to me just by itself they had group of that justice league incarnate ain't one of them yeah the yeah the next place we're seeing legion is is the justice league annual yeah there's there's so much shit it's and and i'm now i'm thinking about my two read pile i got that volume of swamp thing now i got the great darkness saga i actually i i have i still haven't finished doomsday clock so i gotta do that Doomsday Clock has me wanting to actually, before I even start trying to reread it, I want to reread the Batman Flash the button thing. Uh, I still need to read Metal and Death Metal, so like, which I don't even have the trades for. So, yeah, my my to read pile, like just for, just first like catching up on whatever the hell is like the background of what's happening for the DC universe right now is massive. Not to mention just my regular just straight up to read pile, like trades I've purchased that I still need to read. Like I have the, the recent black canary bird, uh, bird of prey uh, trade paperback, which has got stuff from like early flash. Basically guys, like there's stuff by Robert Kaniger and Gardner Fox and Carmine Infantino and Murphy Anderson in this thing. We're talking old school black canary uh, stories like 
just that alone and that's just a couple a couple hundred pages <laughs> i just i've got so much shit to read uh uh, I, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing that I have to do this much research just to figure out and remind myself of of what they where the DC universe could be going. But at the same time, I could just read whatever's coming out as it's coming out and not care about it. But that's just not the kind of mind I have. I like I have to know so that I can get the reference, so that I can make some sort of wild speculation about where we could go. Uh, and I have no control over that. <laughs> that's just how my mind works. <laughs> yep. All right. So that was Infinite Frontier. Disjointed and crazy and ultimately didn't give us a whole lot more than we already had, but a couple of oh shit moments at the end. And great art throughout, I think. Yeah, I would say the art is overall in this thing was, generally speaking, it was consistently good. And I can't say the story was boring. It was, it did move, clearly moved pretty slow through the first four issues. Not a whole lot happened. So that was that shouldn't really be happening not in the six issue mini i mean if you're gonna if you are going to have six issues and there really should be enough happening in each issue to justify it being six or else they could have just made this a four or five issue mini and accomplished the same thing and had been tighter and would have been more it would have been more interesting so and that's the main ne- the main negative to it it was a nice building block from uh, infinite frontier zero and kind of disappointed in a way that we, though, I guess that'll probably come down the road, that we didn't get anything else to deal with the quintessence in this. Yeah, there. I really hope they're not dead dead. At the very least, for my own edification with, you know, Phantom Stranger and, of course, Ganthet. So here's hoping. True. All right. Well, before we wrap up, I just want to let everybody know there is some more Green Lantern or rather Lantern cast related content to uh, consume out there. If you go over to our YouTube channel, which is Lantern Cast Vids, you will see I have posted yet another trading card unboxing video. We have our 1996 Skybox and Fleer. Skybox and Fleer worked together for the first time for some DC stuff, uh, at least. And that was the Skybox Fleer DC Outburst Firepower cards from 1996. I got those and uh, unboxed those over on the channel. It's about a 40 minute video. Um, as you know, it's, it's a, it's a trading card unboxing video. Those things go a little long, watch it at times two speed. If you want, there are a bunch of green lantern uh, related cards, uh, um, Kyle Rayner and parallax specifically. And all of those ones are actually drawn by Daryl banks. So there's some Daryl banks artwork in there. If you need some incentive to go check those out. Yeah. They are some nice cards in that set. For sure. For sure. I know you've seen them before. Did you have a chance to watch the video? I have not watched the full video yet. I will. I have to make my time to do so just like I still have to post that video that I made if, at this point. Luckily, it's not. I'm glad it's not time sensitive or else I would have said screw it. But I really need to. It's also because of the way we've been editing, because on, on the weeks in which we record and release in the same week, then I wouldn't be editing until like Wednesday or later because we've been recording a week ahead. of. We've been recording in a week to release the following week, which means I'm usually finishing up if I need to any record, any editing on Monday night, which is the best night for me to sit there and do any video editing too, because we usually record on Tuesdays before the whole thing starts all all over again. Tuesday or Wednesday is when we usually record these days. So yeah, I just need this episode. I think is another one that's going to run longer than I would have hoped from an editing perspective, I'm sure. So I will try to, if I get a bulk, the bulk of this done over the weekend, then maybe Monday I can actually do the whatever I need to do to get that video up and watch yours. It's obviously before then. 
Yeah, uh, I, I'm only letting people know, obviously, just to let them know in general, but also it might be my last trading card unboxing for a while. There's a couple of reasons for it, but the main two are the aftermarket over on eBay for trading cards right now is going batshit crazy. Uh, as well as the other trading card I really uh, set series I really want to get. And Mark, I just sent you a link. You've probably seen this before. It's a Green Lantern Core trading card game. Um, and yes, 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 yes. I didn't know this was a thing. Uh, but if you try to find packs, sealed boxes of that on eBay, they're going for $350 to $400. And I'm not spending that much on cards. This, this, the the video I just referenced, the outburst firepower cards. I spent $111 on that box, and even I felt that was a little too much. So there's no way in hell I am paying $350 to $400 for that box of cards. I did have that poster. I did have the promo poster for that. Yeah, I don't know. The the I've seen I've seen a couple of images of what those cards actually look like. It look it reminds me a lot of Magic, but I never played Magic. Yeah, neither did I. So, all right. Well, if people want to reach out to us, how do they do so? Well, lanterncast.com. The email is lanterncast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Use hashtag GLCast to track us down on either of those places. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So please leave us a positive review on any platform you listen to us on. Last but not least, if you'd like to leave us a voicemail, 708-LANTERN or a text, 708-LANTERN is the number to use and let us know what you think. All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. Good night, everybody. Good night.